Welcome to the Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts. We are your international headquarters for resources and ideas and insight in relation to the nine elements of holistic wellness. Join us as we interview local and international wellness experts and learn how you can implement and improve one element or dimension of wellness at a time. Our experts will share their practical tips on wellness in one of these core areas. Emotional, intellectual, occupational, physical, environmental, financial, spiritual, social, or habitual. We created our family of podcasts as a resource for anyone who is looking to integrate the nine elements of holistic wellness into their daily lives. Welcome to the show. The Global Wellness HQ family of podcasts is proudly sponsored by the Global Wellness HQ community. It's an online membership group where we meet, we share ideas, we share insights, and we all work together and help one another discover our own personal wellness journeys. If you'd like to join us, you can easily click the link below or scan the QR code, and we love hearing your stories, so we hope to see you in the community. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Alberta Wellness Network. I'm really excited. Today, we have Victoria Givlin. Victoria, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Hi, Jeff. <laughs> Excellent. Well, let's jump in with the hardest question of all, Victoria. Um, tell me a little bit about who you are and who you serve. Who I am and who I serve. I am relatively new to the Calgary area, so I am a passionate business owner. I am a storyteller. I am a magazine publisher, an actor, a creative director, a content coordinator. Um, who I serve, I serve, I guess it's twofold, highly affluential communities in the Calgary area, um, Bearpaw, Signal Hill, Aspen Woods, Mahogany Base. And I also do storytelling with other businesses serving their brand essence, their brand needs and getting it heard and recognized in the community and who they're looking to target. Awesome. I love that. And I think that's a nice focus that you know exactly the neighborhoods you serve um one of my little pet peeves is that people say oh, i serve everyone everywhere and to me that's code for you serve no one ever <laughs> so <laughs> let's talk about what you're passionate about in life and then we'll we'll get into the the marketing and advertising space but what gets victoria out of bed in the morning what gets me out of bed in the morning I am twofold down the line between artsy and athletic. So um, I, I just like my passions and what I like to do are very aligned with what I do for work. So I typically am finding like a new creative idea or an a theme or a concept that I want to tackle for a photo shoot or for a magazine submission or publication of some kind, or I'm chatting with my friend and her birthday is coming up. So I'm trying to set up a photo shoot for her to, to give that back and to get her published as well again and lift her up. Um, I, I really like supporting people. That's my personality type. It's an ENFJ. So I'm very extroverted and I get tons of energy being able to motivate and inspire others. So that's what gets me going is talking to some really cool people and 
my undergrads in psychology. So understanding like why people do what they do and how they think the way that they think and being able to help them because they're the expert in what they do, get that out in the way that they want it to be heard is just, it just makes me so happy. I love it. And that's um, the conversation I've had with, with you and, and your business partner, Jen. Um, a lot of people don't stop to think about how do I word this? And and I think, you know, I it's amazing, but the most successful people I know in marketing and sales all have that background in human behavior and, you know, thinking about how people think and how they act. Um, now, I'm going to ask you a harder question, but it's a fun one. Um, you're in business. You're an entrepreneur. You're relatively new to Alberta, so welcome. Um, what's you. the best business advice you've ever heard, and how has it impacted you in business? Best business advice? Well, I come from a family of entrepreneurs. Jen is my business partner, being my mother, and I also have my grandmother who started a business at 60 so and did very well. Um, I would say that two things that I hold near and dear to my heart is to be positively persistent, um, to find that motivation and inspiration to not give up on yourself, um, to not give up on what it is that you're doing or how you're supporting others and to bring that to other people's sphere as well. Um, and the other thing being that you can change your life for the better at any moment in time, at any age or circumstance that you may choose. Uh, you don't have to live in unhappiness. You don't have to live in misery. If you genuinely don't like something, you can figure out a way to improve your life at any moment. And it just starts with positive persistence and a, a genuine action plan to go get it. I love it. I love it. And I think that's um, a lot of people think, oh, this is the way it is. And that's what I love about entrepreneurs. Every day, they're literally shaping the world. And and usually in the face of people saying, you can't do that. And I think the entrepreneur's battle cry is, watch me. You know, it's just fun to watch. So one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is brand essence and and this is um, I think you and I have had this conversation a few times I know Jen and I have had it a few times what is brand essence and why does it matter in the first place definitely it's a, it's a great question so brand essence is typically it's like a a single thought that expresses the brand's vision in about three to five words that really captures its soul. Um, it's the nature of the brand, of the quality and the sort of experience that it delivers from start to finish. Um, like the yellow M. Everybody understands that that's Ronald McDonald, that's the McDonald house, but not only does it deliver like family friendly um, and affordable meals for fast food, but it also supports the community. It gives back to those that are in need and going through different cancer research and children and those sorts of breaths. So it's, it's giving back and figuring out what the soul of the brand is love it and and i think that the thing i would add 
you know, this is where Jen and I really started these conversations. Uh, it's a little bit unpopular, but I will say to people, do not spend a dime on marketing if you don't know what your brand is, because how do you know what your messaging is? How do you know what you're reaching? And, you know, as you said, I grew up with the Golden Arches and, you know, that is an iconic brand. Um, you know, every now and then, you know, the cola companies change their branding and it's like, I wonder how much that actually costs them in terms of moving with the times. And maybe there's, you know, obviously they've figured out that, you know, you want to keep that brand fresh, but you look at the golden arches, they haven't changed much since fifties or sixties when they first came out with it. Yep. It's the long-term impact. It's, it's exactly right in that there really isn't any point in spending a lot of money on advertising if you don't know what your essence is. And that first comes like at the base, there's what you do. Of course, what sets you apart? What is it that you participate in and how do you serve? But then the givens being on top, being more important to that. So what offerings do you have that's benefited that your competitors may or may not have? Um, your special uniqueness. So what sets you apart from everybody else? And then you get to your purpose. So why your customer or why your customer should care about your brand, how you give back to the customer and how you exceed that. And then your essence comes from that. So it's very emotional. It's your like North star guiding principle for your brand and its soul and its direction that it's going. And that's exactly why when you start advertising and then like coca-cola like if you switch if you've got lots of money that's really cool but it can be really confusing because the brands like the clients like but i don't i thought you were just advertising for this and that was your purpose and now you've turned it around and you'll lose customers that way and not grow in a positive direction so yeah you need that essence and purpose first and I, I love your words like North Star and, and things like that, because um, one of my favorite sayings in the marketing and sales space is a confused mind never buys. And I think a lot of people, you know, they throw everything at you and say, I do this, I do that, I do this. And from a mental point of view, most people, they don't care about your message. They don't care what you want to sell. They're busy walking around thinking, I have this to-do list of problems in my head. Who's going to help me solve them? And I think most marketing done badly is trying to interrupt that voice in the head. Whereas if you know what your brand essence is, you're joining the conversation that they're already having and saying, oh, by the way, I can help you with that. That's exactly it. Marketing should be a how can I help conversation. It should not be adding more stress. It should be alleviating stress. It should be helping the client with and figuring out who your ideal clients are and what problems they have and how you can easily in a great experience deliver that sort of a solution. So being consistent, having great marketing as a component in it, putting your soul into the words of what it is that your brand is saying, and also then following through and meeting those expectations of what it was that you said and having that experience from start to finish. I love it. Now we're, we're going to help people avoid some problems. So when, 
people are coming to you and they're looking to um, pay you for some advertising and some marketing help, what are some of the big mistakes that you wish you could help them avoid right off the bat? What are the kind of tripping points where they're coming to you saying, I want this, and you're actually saying, actually, maybe you need this? I find, so my family's background is in promotional marketing and print. And with the way that the world is these days, there's a huge problem with me when people only say that they only care about digital or they only care about print. You are missing a massive foothold for both if you don't have both of them. Uh, the reason being that there's so much media out there that if you're only on advertising agencies on Facebook, Google, social media sites, and you're not in print because they're like, oh, it's new age. Well, 82% of people that are highly affluential really do trust print over digital. So you need to be on both and in, in the best print that you can find. I've done door flyers. I've done postcards for people. And that can vary. It's not building a relationship. It's not putting any soul in your brand. And that's why you just toss it out. It's just junk mail. And that's not what we want to deliver. That's not what we do with our brands and our clients. So just doing digital or just doing print, I find is a big miss for me. So that's where I try to persuade them or explain. And it's just like if I go to a jeweler or something, or I go to a physiotherapist and I think a certain thing should be a certain way, but then they teach me maybe that exercise isn't great for you or that diamond actually isn't good quality. And I trust the professionals so that they can give me the best uh, result that I'm looking for. I love that. Um, and I think the other thing is what I'm hearing and, and, you know, let's just explore this is a lot of people think one size fits all. And, you know, as an example, I have, a community where uh, it's predominantly high density rental housing and some local realtor got the advice to send out flyers offering to buy the homes in the neighborhood. And I can tell you, it gets really annoying when I drive past those community mailboxes because you can see this realtor's brochures that, you know, they've paid a lot of money to have delivered. They're blowing around because they're trying to help people sell houses that don't own the house to sell in the first place. Yeah, you need to make sure that where your advertising budget is going is going to the right target audience and that the people or the business strategy that you have to get that delivered out is hitting the actual people that you want and just doing a broad reach to everybody out everywhere it's like you said you don't service everyone and everything like you're not getting anything done so why would you bother and I get that their heart is in the right place but that's just showing them the marketing strategy is like hey these are renters in a renting place they're not gonna have a great relationship with the person who they're renting from. And if they do, they're not going to want to sell the house because they're happy exactly. there. So why would you advertise? But yeah, um, just a teaching moment. 
just a little and I, I shudder every time and uh you know the other one is i know a lot of people say oh cold calling is the only thing that works and when it comes to affluent people i doubt that it ever works and and i'm happy to be proven wrong um, but my experience with affluent people is they're not sitting at home waiting for somebody to sell them something. Um, in fact, they're usually a little bit more cynical and a little bit more analytical about their their buying decisions. Yes, they definitely are. They're busy people. They've got lots on the go. They don't have time to waste. They don't want their time wasted. And they typically... Again, you have to help them solve a problem, but typically these people don't have a problem with just throwing money at the issue. So it's more so, well, you know, how is that's the personalization, the customization? Well, how is this unique? How is this different? How is this funky and rare and something yeah. that other people can't just have? Um, that sets me apart from everyone else that the affluential people are willing to contribute in a way that's delivered efficiently and concretely with results in a timely manner that grabs their attention, but also doesn't waste their time. And they're like, oh, that's, I am interested in this. This is cool. Also referrals and building the relationships and growing the community and getting to know who they are and what they do and what they want just coming in hot like hey I got something to sell to you you're never gonna get anywhere um <laughs> going to a community outreach hitting the barbecues that they have going on for Easter or an organization that they are working alongside with that they really care about and genuinely caring yourself that's the way to build the relationships and show that you know, if they matter to you and what they care about also matters. And then it kind of comes full circle. And I think that's, again, knowing who your audience is, um, you know, understanding. And one of the things I always teach my clients is fall in love with your clients. And the magic of that is if you truly love your clients, you get to know everything about them. You care about what they care about. <laughs> Uh, but more importantly, you want to solve their actual problems. And I think the most successful marketing I know out there solves problems. It's not about selling something. It's about solving a problem. It is. I like to say that good marketing makes the company look smart, but great marketing makes the customer feel smart. They have, you know, they're intelligent. They know what they're doing. Um, and stopping, stopping advertising to save money is like stopping your watch to save time. It doesn't work. You can't, <laughs> you can't go back. If your business is thriving, this is fantastic. If your business is hurting, it's also not the right time to stop. Um, that if anything, it's the time to really dig deep and push harder. So, um, yeah. And I, I think that's actually, um, really funny to me because I think once upon a time um, I met just when COVID hit um, I actually met a company I'm not kidding they stopped all their marketing spend and they laid off their entire sales team and they said we're just going to ride out this recession this little hiccup and I was like wow that's 
you know, there's so many different analogies, but, you know, racing, you steer into the curve. You don't, you know, try to avoid the wall by hitting the wall. It was just funny. So. It's my goodness. Yeah. The people that are able to continue to really dig deep and advertise and build the relationships and market throughout recessions and throughout hard economic troubles are the ones that when the money turns around and the cycle comes back to that population that is affected by the economic downturn, well, now say it's been a recession for a year and now they come out of it. Now you've built the relationship with them for a year that they genuinely are like ready to purchase. It's actually proven that they do like 70% better out the gate after the recession than those who don't advertise. So I'm always like, no, like, don't stop. Now's the time to do it. You have to, if you want to really build the relationship, because the best marketing strategy is to care. It's to show up. It's to be there for these people in these hard times and to demonstrate to them that you as a brand, your soul essence values the problems that they're going through and they want to help at any time of their life. And I think that's the message people get is, you know, you care you're there at all times as opposed to, oh, I didn't see you for the last three three years. Where have you been? And no. COVID has really caused a lot of businesses to shut down, especially on print is huge, but especially on digital. If you're starting to make content and then you post and post once a week or so, and then you just stop because you decided that, you're not getting the audience that you want engagement. You're only getting a few likes here or there. It's momentum. Again, it's a relationship. It takes time, like interact with the people that are engaging on your page, even if it's quote unquote, just a few, like that is an audience that you're building and that doesn't happen overnight. So it takes time. And if you just decide to stop promoting yourself and putting yourself and your brand out there digitally or in print. And they're used to seeing you, even if it's just for a couple months there, especially with the times we just went through, they think you're closed. So they won't come back. It's sad that the people make that assumption. So let, let's talk about the actual magazine for a moment. So you and I'm terrible with names, so remind me. First of all, the the Aspen Woods. What is that one called? It is the Neighbors, the Neighbors of Aspen Woods. So uh, it's one of my privatized magazines that I have. So the individuals that get this are only the ones that live in the Aspen um, postal code reach but it's about 3,300 homeowners. And we are specifically, our target audience is going for that homeowner. Not that the renters don't matter, but it's because a lot of our clients are the high affluential um, wellness sector individuals, as well as like tradespeople and renters are not going to be looking into those services. I love it. So what kind of company or business is advertising in Neighbors of Aspen Woods? And what questions should they be asking you before they jump in and say, okay, I'm all in? So I ask them what their target demographic is. 
I have a few people that I was speaking to a retirement residence the other day and they were saying, you know, same idea. They blanket statement, all of Calgary. Okay. And then he said, well, how many of your individuals are retirement ready people? And I said, did the other print people that you worked with, were they able to give you that? And he said, no. And I'm like, well, I can tell you you know, what's your top demographic? And he said the top 1%. And I said, well, I can tell you for sure that the Aspen people are in there. And I can tell you that these people care about their family. They care about the luxurious lifestyle and their wellness and overall well-being and their quality of life more than anything else. And that they are either these houses have been around for they're coming to 20 to 30 years now. So they're starting to flip the previous homeowners to the next one or maybe downsize. So it's either like the daughter that's coming up that grew up in that house that's now taking over or they're retiring and downsizing. So these people do make decisions as a family and they want to be able to communicate and build relationships in this way. So asking what your target demographic is, who you want to serve and how you want to build a relationship with them. Like, do you personally like receiving a postcard in the mail once a quarter? Do you like that? I, I mean, if you do cool, but I have yet to find somebody who really values a park bench. Like you're telling a company that you are worth sitting on. Like it's not the relationship I'm looking to build if you're a brand that wants to genuinely care about the high influential uh, families, now each month we release the magazine, we have a feature family on the front that we have interviewed. So the nosy neighbor and the best quality possible because they've spent this money on their home. They really do care about the people in the community. Um, so just those that really want to give back and build relationships with other people that genuinely want to know what's going on and who's in that area. I love it. And I think one of my little pet peeves in life is when a realtor tells me, Oh, I serve that neighborhood. Oh, I serve that neighborhood. And after the fifth one, I'm like, I don't believe you on any of those. (gasps) You know, the, the reality is, um, the streets of Aspen Woods are very different from the streets of Mahogany, um, very different from the streets of Forest Lawn. And you need to know that the message you're putting into the community matches the people there to receive it. Um, but you've also got to have the right medium so that they're they're receiving it in the right way. And um, no offense to the people who sell those um, faces on a, a bus bench, but I've yet to see one where the person wasn't either given a, a, a Nazi mustache or a devil horns and ears. You know, um, the people that notice those tend to be the, the little people with Sharpies who are bored and like to d- deface them. Um, that's not, you know, I'm not driving by saying, oh, I'm going to stop and take a picture of this bus, bus bench. Um, you know, it's a little different when you're selling something that people who ride the buses want um, but realtors who use only bus benches confuse me it's it definitely confuses me as well back to the if you're a realtor targeting bus benches but you want to sell homes 
Do a lot of homeowners ride the bus? I don't know. Perhaps like economical yeah. uh, friendly ones do, but they probably live in the downtown core and they have a condo and that's a different conversation to be having. Whereas the buses in the middle of nowhere that are in very far uh, like residential communities, they already own that house or they're already like, or they're renting in the house. And if they're taking a bus, then they probably don't have the ability to sell or purchase another home. So um, it's, it's just going back to like, I would rather build a brand that, you know, 3000 people in Aspen woods absolutely adore than sending it out to a million people in Calgary that kind of think it's okay. Yeah. The, the technical term I, I love for that is meh. We're meh about your brand. You know, you don't want a million people saying meh. You want 3,000 saying, oh, my God, I love that brand. Yeah. And you never go wrong with investing your time and your commitments in the communities and the human beings with them because we are social creatures and that's how we thrive. So being able to give back to the group as a whole in a different way and sponsorship is a great way you can do that with my publication that really it reciprocates twofold. Now it's similar to CIBC run for the cure in that you don't, you don't immediately run to CIBC to open a checking account when CIBC run for the cure happens in the year. But if you're frustrated with your bank and something's going on and charges are happening and they're not caring, and then you're trying to think about okay, well, you know, who's top of mind about has a positive brand awareness and a good brand essence that really does give a goodness about who the person is and how they give back to the community, that's CIBC. So we make smaller brands and like medium-sized franchises think like big brands on a moderate uh, budget, but to affluential people that really do want to give back. And I think that's a big aha moment for anybody listening is if you want those affluent people, they care about giving back. They care about causes more than they care about saving money. And, you know, my personal favorite, I've seen some discount flyer things going out to these really affluent neighborhoods. They don't care if they get 10 percent off it at um, you know the grocery store they want that unique thing or or they want you know to know that if they spend money with you you're also helping a cause um, so i think that's a huge thing now how can people connect with you i i could talk to you all day and and it's actually probably good that jen wasn't here because we really go all day um the three of us feed off each other just if you haven't heard the, that comics show, you have to catch it. Um, but how can people connect with you, Victoria? And what's sort of the first step to getting to know neighbors of Aspen Woods? I am new to Calgary, so I absolutely love building relationships. That's what I'm all about. So if somebody's interested, happy to have a conversation with them, uh, have them send an email to me that's typically easiest um so it's v as in valentine givlin g-i-v as in valentine again l-i-n at bestversionmedia.com i'm also on social media on instagram 
and Facebook, uh, Victoria Givlin or V Givlin, but I'm always open to conversations and uh, just meeting some really cool people and making sure that they're a good fit for us and we're a good fit for them and that it's a win-win growth for everyone. Awesome. Well, Victoria, I want to thank you for being on the show today. And um, for our listeners, you will be seeing more of Victoria and Jen. They're going to be um, doing a spinoff show to this. So thank you for your time today, Victoria. Thank you so much, Jeff, for your time. I'm really excited to be launching this uh, spinoff in the Calgary area with Jen and I. Um, my last message, I guess I would leave for the listeners is you cannot buy engagement, you have to build engagement. And that's what I help you with. I love that. Well, thank you very much, Victoria. Thank you so much, Jeff. You have a great day. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. We hope that you enjoyed this episode and we invite you to either click the link below or scan the QR code to register and listen to other episodes of our podcast. Or if you think your business or you would be a great guest to be on our show, we're always looking for experts in one of the nine elements of holistic wellness. We'd love to have you. You can either click the link below or you can scan the QR code and complete our speaker intake form. Thank you and to your wellness.